the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Oh, yes, indeed he is. Yes, he is. And welcome to this Wednesday edition of Lifeline for the 18th day of July. Trust you're having a good week so far. Made it halfway through. And as we welcome you into another edition of the program, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. A little bit later on in our first hour, our good friend Larry Rosenbaum, the director of SOS Ministries San Francisco, is going to stop by. We're going to be talking about the upcoming annual outreach to the city of San Francisco, and there's a lot of buzz going on because this year, not one but two Bay Area organizations are joining forces to reach what is, in my opinion, one of the most diverse mission fields anywhere on the planet. We think about reaching San Franciscans for Christ, but when we say that, the ultimate impact really is reaching the world for Christ. We'll describe what all that means when Larry Rosenbaum joins us a little bit later on in tonight's program. They start tonight with some good news. Don't get to share an awful lot of it these days, but we do now, at least for those who feel that splitting California in half or thrice would be fool's folly, not to mention politically and economically disastrous. Well, if you come down on that side of the equation in the opinion that trying to split California would not be a very wise idea, then you'll be very pleased to hear that the initiative to divide California will not appear on the November ballot. California Supreme Court today blocking Proposition 9 from reaching the ballot. The court cites significant questions regarding not just the proposition's validity, but also the potential harm in permitting the measure to remain on the ballot, outweighing the potential harm in delaying the proposition to a future election. Opponents say Prop 9 conflicts with the state's constitution, and any potential revision of the constitution would have to be first approved by the state legislature, not least of which to mention that California cannot arbitrarily decide to split or leave without a two-thirds majority in a constitutional convention that would then have two-thirds of the states agreeing to the change. So this was idiotic to begin with, and I'm glad it's going to wind up in the waste bin. We would hope we would hope that several other measures that are on their way potentially to the legislature, the full legislature for a vote, will wind up in the waste bin as well. As you know, the legislature will be back in session shortly after their not-so-deserved vacation. And as they do so, a number of very critical bills are up for consideration, everything from gender dysphoria to what many people believe is an attempt to try and silence churches to rip out from beneath pulpits across the state the ability to exercise First Amendment rights 
and to give us a look at this bill and some other dangerous ones that you need to be responding to your member of the legislature on before they return from recess here in August. We're joined now by Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee. Brian, it's always great to have you with us. I want to kind of start with Assembly Bill 2943 that essentially would not only make it a crime for someone to uh, engage in counseling services, but more specifically, um, this goes to the heart of selling or providing what would be considered to be, I, I don't know whether it's hate literature in the mind of the author of this bill or what, but potentially were this to go into law, it could put churches in a position where preaching from the Bible or distributing the Bible could become potentially illegal. Tell us more about this. Well, Craig, that particular bill has gotten a lot of attention, and it's been altered uh, somewhat now, but it's still coming. And it was to be on the floor uh, last Thursday before they went into recess, or the Thursday before the recess, that they, they made that their last day. Uh, but they take it down, extended vacation. They'll be on vacation until August, the middle of August, where they come back. And what's significant, actually, with your first story as well, there's been something wrong with this particular legislature. It's been that way for a while, but it's gotten worse. And we're thankful that the Supreme Court of the United States, just two weeks ago, had to take one of those bills that they passed, uh, AB 775, remember that one, forcing pro-life counselors to promote abortion. Now, the Supreme Court doesn't take many bills. They really don't. From California, they don't take many bills at all. Very few cases get certification to the Supreme Court. We were blessed in California that that egregious bill did get to the high court. But here's the bigger issue. It's what you also pointed out in dividing up the state. Why do people want to divide up the state? That should be our primary question, and it's rather self-evident. This state is not being run wisely. The people who are making laws for our state have an ideological agenda, and it is not to benefit and free Californians. It is to superimpose an ideology on Californians, and people don't like that. So they may flail, and I agree with you, actually dividing the state, was kind of a cockamamie way to get away from this, but it expresses something deeper. And now you're on to it in terms of what's happening. We're in our summertime, and yes, it's summer. We're glad of it. This legislature now that gave us AB 775, that thankfully the Supreme Court said, this is madness. This is forced government speech on pro-life pregnancy centers. They overturned it. But when they were passing that bill, they knew that. They knew what it was, and they passed it anyways. Yeah, I think part of the intention here is they're hoping that California voters will not pay very close attention and that some of these bills were kind of slip in underneath the cover of darkness, last minute in the last closing moments of the legislative session, et cetera, et cetera, and suddenly That's this right. stuff is law and nobody even realizes it. And they're waiting. they put off the worst bills now. This is their last vacation they're on right now. They're on vacation right now. And they've put off, and the bills we're going to talk about in 2943 is just one. Basically, the content of 2943 was altered so that you could not professionally, you could not be a professional counselor and counsel someone who wants to escape. They want to escape the homosexual lifestyle. 
But if you put on a program, if you are a paid counselor of any kind and advise them, if you print books to help them through that process, you've committed a thought crime in the state of California. Well, you know, what's amazing about that is that they, they, they are trying to say that this only applies to a very narrow group of people. But the fact of the matter remains that you could consider, for example, a minister who, during the course of their study at seminary, were trained as a professional counselor and has a license, that that person is a professional. There could be somebody on staff, and this is very frequent with major churches, that there is a full-time MFCC on staff that is available to deal with marriage and family-related issues. And suddenly now we have the long arm of California government reaching into the sanctuary and into the counseling room in areas, quite frankly, where it has absolutely no business whatsoever. That's right. And so this is egregious. And that has, thankfully, gotten a lot of attention. But as you know, and I am one, I'm a Christian, Christians aren't, aren't always paying a lot of attention to the ideas. Now, ideas are important things. But when ideas are enforced, you call them laws. And if we don't pay attention to these ideas that are being pushed through, they're going to become laws. Absolutely. There's, there's another bill that I want to mention here, um, Brian, because our time is tight today. There's another bill that I want to bring up, and we've touched on this earlier, but this is another one that is so egregious. It's Senate Bill 320 that essentially turns our state educational system, uh, the California State University system and the University of California system, into, I don't know, outlets or branches of Planned Parenthood where outright distribution of abortifacient drugs that, at the end of the day, this is not the morning-after pill. This is medication that induces a miscarriage, and they wish to make this available at taxpayer expense at all of the California State Universities and UC schools across California. It is unbelievable how the state legislature sees a connection between education and taxpayer-funded abortion, but they've managed to figure out one. Yes. And what you're looking at is the expansion of the abortion industry. Now, remember, if you understand the, the parallel between abortion and slavery, what really started the Civil War was the attempt by Senator Douglas of Illinois. When he passed the Kansas-Nebraska Act, it removed the Missouri Compromise. That meant slavery could be expanded in the U.S. That was their goal. That was really, that's the reason that Lincoln stood for the presidency, was to now stop this expansion. With this new court, we're seeing a Supreme Court that could, in fact, give the freedom to again protect unborn children back to the states. But Planned Parenthood and the abortion lobby wants to do much more. They want to expand abortion. And in California, they have a ripe environment because it's government-sponsored. They want to expand it now into this, these drug pills given to, again, young women very often their first time away from home when they go off to a four-year university. And so this is a terrible bill. That's going to the floor when they come back. There's several other bills that are going to the floor. Now, the reason that's important, they put these off the end. They put them off to the end, and then they're going to go to the floor. That means every legislator in a committee, only a handful of legislators vote, but your legislator will be voting on these bills we're talking about. And what we want to do is have Christian pro-life people of any kind understand and meet them when they come back from vacation. 
August 14th and 15th. We have a training and lobby day. We have good legislation. Uh, annually, we have our legislative banquet. We're having a legislative reception this year for the good legislators to honor them. They don't get honored in that building. They don't get honored by the Chronicle, by the D, by the Times, by NBC, CBS, or CBS. We want to honor the good guys, but then we want trained, effective citizens that will say, hey, don't vote for these bills. A couple of other bills, if I could, Craig, real quick. Real quick. Yes. Uh, Assembly Bill 282. Right now, assisted suicide is legal in California. It was challenged in the courts. It's gone back and forth. On June 15th, the appeals court said, no, let's let it be legal again. So right now, you can legally ask a doctor, doctor, kill me. And that's legal for the doctor to give you the poison and make sure you're dead. But what's not legal is for third parties, and they put this bill in, Assembly Bill 282 protects a third party, you might say an outside agent, as they get involved to encourage, to facilitate, to cajole, even if they're an heir, even if they're a nursing home administrator and just want that bed, oh, Mrs. Smith, you seem real sick and unhappy today. You know, it's perfectly legal and it's painless. If you're having a tough day, if you want to avail of the end of life option act, here's the poison's right here. Now, of course, that third party person, that's the person that's legally protected. See, if the, the, the person that commits suicide, they don't get anything out of this other than being dead. It is the third party that stands to benefit that's legally protected then under these measures. And Assembly Bill 282 cements that protection to promote, encourage, and facilitate the suicide of another individual who is vulnerable. Terrible bill. That's going to the floor, the Senate floor. Uh, we also have on the on the, the pro-family side, uh, it hasn't gotten enough attention, but let me get the exact number so you get it right. And then it's 2119. Uh, allows minors that are in the care of foster parents, and literally these are wards of the state, you might say, it allows the government to intervene to give them gender-changing drugs and operations if they ask for it. So imagine, if you will, very often kids end up in foster care for the same reason people are complaining about the border. You know, in the U.S., if you're an American parent and you're arrested, your kids aren't going to go to jail with you. Your kids are going to go into foster care. That's what happens in the real world. So, yes, that's happening at the border. But that happens to Americans, too. Here's the problem. You lose your child to foster care, and that foster family is pro-LGBTQ, LGBTQRS. I don't know what they're adding to it. But if that's the case, that minor is now given the right to ask for and have all of the operations, all of the hormone injections. So you might see Sam, your son Sam, go off to foster care, and when Sam's released to your care, you may not know him. Because it'll be Sally. And we're talking about minors. And, you know, the amazing thing about this is that in, in California, there has been debate over providing this kind of treatment or these surgeries to prisoners at taxpayer expense. Now we're trying to open it up to allow a child, a minor, who is in no position to be making these kinds of decisions. Uh, you know, the, the, the issue of gender dysphoria is a real one that requires counseling and medical insight and layers of advice 
and suddenly we're going to say, oh, yes, a, a child at X age can not only make up his or her own mind, but do so without parental consent. Unbelievable that we would even consider legislation like this as valid for discussion, let alone advancing through the California state legislature. But you get the kind of government that you deserve. That's Assembly Bill 2119-2119. Before that, we mentioned SB 320, the government distribution of abortion drug RU486 in state colleges and universities. And then we began with AB 2943, chilling effect on First Amendment rights of churches all across California. You need to make sure your voice is heard in Sacramento, as Brian Johnston points out. They are on recess right now, but they will be back mid-August, and the onslaught begins. And much of this, I think, is going to be rushed through while a lot of Californians, last couple of weeks of summer, are thinking about many other things than losing their parental rights. But that's on the agenda in the California state legislature. So critically important, your voice be heard Again, urging your member of the California State Senate, California State Assembly. You can Google it to find out who your representative is and let them hear from you by mail, by email, and by telephone. A no vote recommended on AB 2943, Senate Bill 320, and AB 2119. Our thanks to Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee, for that update. Okay, we are way late, so let's get caught up real quick on traffic. Michael Bennett's got the latest in the KFAX Traffic Center. Michael? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation here at 526 on this Wednesday edition of Lifeline. I've mentioned uh, many times down through the years and even during my opening remarks in tonight's program that San Francisco is um, most uniquely a world city. And by that I mean all you need to do is step out your front door and you can experience every cuisine, every language, every culture, literally on planet Earth. Witness, for example, this list. Uzbekistan, China, Afghanistan, Iran, France, Japan. Those are just a handful of countries that I pulled out of the most recent newsletter of SOS Ministries of people visiting from other nations that were witnessed to by SOS Ministries and their street evangelism team. Literally, you walk out the front door and you can reach the entire world for Christ when you reach San Francisco. The director of SOS Ministries, Larry Rosenbaum, with us in studio yet once again for your annual visit. Larry, we were saying off the air today, it's probably 28 or 29 years in a row you've been here, so welcome once again. Thank you. It's really good to be back. It is remarkable when you look at not just the world-class city that San Francisco is, uh, parking problems and traffic and homeless and all of that notwithstanding, but literally, if you're trying to find a place where you can learn to reach the world for Christ, it is, in my mind, probably one of the most phenomenal mission fields anywhere on the planet. Yeah, that is true. And it's, it's amazing. You know, we, we you know, not just reach the local people, and there's, of course, business people, there's homeless, there's every kind of person, but there's tourists, but there's, there's people from all over the world, uh, both people who have moved here, who are living here, but people who are visiting here, too. And we have a chance to reach people that sometimes in their own countries 
you can't reach them because uh, it's illegal to preach the gospel in those countries. But they can come here. They can run into an event taking place or have someone share their faith on the street or receive a Bible tract or a broadside. And if they do make a decision for Christ, they go back home following their vacation, their visit or what have you, and literally are helping to impact the globe for Christ. Yes, that's true. Uh, I, I, one of the people you mentioned there in the newsletter, uh, he was a man that we witnessed to three years ago from Uzbekistan. And he was, on the time, he was addicted to drugs. And so we witnessed to him, share the gospel. And then we didn't see him again. And then just a couple months ago, we ran into him and we found out he had gotten into a Christian program. He'd given his life to Christ. He was serving God and totally changed. Wow. Is that a lot of what happens, particularly during the annual summer outreach? And I'll mention for the benefit of listeners that uh, this year's SOS San Francisco outreach is scheduled for July 25 through 28. That runs Wednesday through Saturday. Um, Is it largely about seed planting? I mean, I realize that oftentimes you are able to lead people to Christ right then and there, but is the bigger part of what's happening here the opportunity to plant seeds? Yeah, I think that's what a lot of what I feel like I'm doing when I'm out there, just planting seeds, just being there, exposing them to the gospel, sharing the gospel with whoever you can. Maybe they're not that receptive at the moment, but they will be later. Uh, even if you give them a gospel track, they take it home. And they'll read it later, maybe. Uh, we get a lot of tracks from people in prisons. Uh, we don't give them out in prisons. So somehow they get them in the prisons, and there's where they decide to give their life to Christ, and they write us and say, we want help. People might say, gee, witnessing for Christ in San Francisco with the reputation that the city has? Why San Francisco? And I would wonder if perhaps rhetorically that answer is, well, why not? Yeah, well, it's just, uh, you know, it's just an opportunity to reach a lot of people with the gospel. And, and uh, I realize some people, maybe they're not that receptive, they're hard-hearted or whatever, but there's always those that are willing to listen. And, uh, you know, and we just, we're just out there to, to be available, to be used by God, to reach the person who does want to hear about Jesus. And usually every night we'll run into at least a few people that really want to hear about Jesus. This event is going to be the 39th annual SOS San Francisco Summer Outreach. I have to think back for who even the president was. That even predates Ronald Reagan, doesn't it? Uh, Yes, I think so. (laughs) So thinking about that, do you have any handle at all, Larry, as to how many people have either been one for Christ or rededicated their lives or how many seeds have been planted? I mean, those, those numbers at certain levels have to be in the hundreds of thousands. Well, I know we've given out several million gospel tracts. Wow. So just there, we've, we've done that. We've had thousands of Christians who have been involved over the years, and uh, we've talked to countless hundreds of thousands of people, shared the gospel with them. Exciting. And, of course, it carries on in earnest this year. Again, the dates running Wednesday, July 25 through Saturday, July the 28th. And part of this is running concurrent with another outreach taking place in San Francisco. Joining us also in studio today is Adam Hood. Adam is the is it founder, is that correct, Adam? Of Love San Francisco. Founder of Love San Francisco. And uh, your outreach for the city is going to kick in a little bit earlier. You're going to begin July the 21st and run, again, concurrently with uh, SOS San Francisco through the 28th. Tell us a bit about your organization and what the outreach focuses is. So in a nutshell, our vision is to marry the great commandments, which is to love God and love people, to the great commission, which is to preach the gospel and make disciples. And so what we do practically, how that works out in real time is 
we raise up 24-7, literally 24-7, night and day, prayer and worship with a united citywide church effort. So right now we have about 30 churches, 30 congregational expressions in San Francisco who are all Bible-believing, coming together and lifting up 24-7 worship and prayer. Why do we do this? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. And he said, if my people who are called by my name, this is a corporate call, if we would humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways and seek his face, then he will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. From the place of the presence of God, we send teams out. We provide trainings, evangelism trainings. We actually have someone from SOS team helping us with our training this year, Paul Coca, and it's going to be a great time. I love Larry Rosenbaum. I've worked with him over the years. I feel like I'm riding on his shoulders with the gospel in San Francisco, so it's going to be such an exciting time. We're expecting great breakthrough. We've seen many people touched and delivered on the streets of San Francisco. When you marry the prayer with the unity in the church to the gospel, it's so dynamic. We believe it's the atomic bomb of God's glory being poured out on our city. And at a level, Larry Rosenbaum, isn't this sort of the precursor? It is, um, how should we say, we, we want to plant the seed in fertile soil, but somebody's got to come in with the till and has got to turn that soil over and get that soil prepared to receive the seed. And I guess in that respect, the foundation, so to speak, of prayer and praise leading into SOS's outreach beginning the, the 25th is really critical, isn't it? That's, that is. We want to see, and, and from the beginning, we've wanted to see the body of Christ united to uh, pray, to worship, and to bring the gospel to people. And so this is what we're seeing. When we ever we see another group, like I've known Adam for about 20 years, uh, we see another group that, that wants to preach the gospel, wants to bring together churches. We all want to work together. We all agree on the gospel, on the fundamentals, and we have to do that. You know, We have to be in agreement on what the fundamentals of the faith are, what salvation is, and so on. But once we're in agreement, we can work together in unity to, to praise God, to have that prayer. Uh, support and also to bring the gospel to people. With us tonight in studio, Adam Hood with Love San Francisco and Larry Rosenbaum, director of SOS Ministries. As we mentioned, the 39th annual, my goodness, we were all just kids back in those days. Yes. The 39th <laughs> annual SOS San Francisco Outreach beginning Wednesday, July the 25th and running through Saturday, July the 28th. Information available on the web at SOSMIN, think MIN as abbreviation for ministry, SOSMIN.com. That's SOSMIN.com. You'll get a complete schedule there. Find out about how you can volunteer, how you can pray. Complete details again, SOSMIN.com. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our conversation here on the Wednesday edition of Lifeline from KFAX. All right, 534, we're going to step aside, give Michael Bennett a chance to give you a quick update on what the road ahead looks like. Michael, what's going on? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We are back, 538 here on the clock. Craig Roberts on your radio here on the Wednesday edition of Lifeline. In studio today with Adam Hood of Love San Francisco and our good friend Larry Rosenbaum, director of SOS Ministries. And, of course, the annual outreach to the city of San Francisco that will run from the 21st of July clear through the 28th with a concerted effort July 25 through 28, in these various outreach initiatives. And we were commenting, Larry, off the air about how remarkable it is that so many churches are coming together. And I guess in a sense, 
This really goes to the heart and the spirit of something that Adam mentioned earlier, and that is the, the, the desire to want to fulfill the great commandment and the greatest the great commission and the greatest commandment in the sense that this is not the job of an organization. You provide leadership, you provide direction, but really and truly, this is a grassroots believer's effort. Churches coming together and saying, hey, this is not about promoting our denomination or our Sunday night worship service or Wednesday night Bible study. This is about going out to the streets of San Francisco, sharing the love of Christ with whomever we come across, and doing so in a spirit of the church as a unified body. Yeah, I think that, you know, individual Christians, you know, we, we get intimidated. We get afraid to go out and share the gospel with people. San Francisco is an intimidating city. And and so by coming together, we come together as a group. You know, you're not off by yourself. You know, you have the encouragement of other Christians. We have prayer support, and we have evangelism training. So we go out knowing what we're doing, and we can really be effective out there, and we can overcome our fear and and really reach people with the gospel. It's a shame that there even is a sense to need to train people to share their faith because that should be fundamental to what discipleship is all about. Each one tells one, right? But that said, we have to recognize that not everybody has had the benefit of that sort of discipleship. And so learning how to share your faith, what that looks like, not only can prepare you to be an effective witness during the outreach, but the tools and skills that you learn, you can take back home with you and share in your neighborhood, your church, and to people that you come across in your sphere of influence for the rest of your life. Yes, that's true. And, uh, and uh, we, you know, we all have opportunities every day, most of us anyway, to share with people, but we don't do it. And uh, we need to overcome that fear and just get out there and open our mouth and, and allow God to use us. Spearheading, spearheading part of this in terms of getting people up and running and properly equipped is going to be a gathering taking place at Dolores Park Church, a training session this coming Saturday at 11 a.m., and that's free and open to the public. So uh, if you say, gee, this is intriguing, this is interesting, but I am intimidated, I've never done this before, but I've always thought, gee, wouldn't it great to know, be, be able to, to have the skill to be able to share my faith in a more bold fashion? And I think for a lot of people, if you can learn to share your faith with a stranger, it makes it a lot easier then to go back with your friends, your loved ones, your coworkers, your cubicle mate, whomever, and share your faith in that environment. And so part of what's going to be provided is that training. And then you mentioned, Adam, on Saturday, in addition to the training at 11 a.m., the real thing, if folks can't come at that time, is going to be that 6 p.m. launch that night. Tell us more about that. That's right. Yes, it's going to be really exciting. We have 30-plus churches in orbit joining every day our new groups. And so we're expecting God to meet us powerfully as we praise his name. He inhabits the praises of his people. And what we've seen is when people come to these launch events, when we're joining together in unity, praising God with one voice across denomination and ethnic lines, his presence comes so strong and, and people want to share their faith. And, and Right away, we make available outreach opportunities. We have briefings and debriefings on each one of the outreaches. We have seasoned evangelists, people who know how to reach the different demographics that we're reaching to, coming in and training us. So if you feel a little green, if you feel a little awkward, you have we pair you up with people who are more seasoned. We give loving feedback. 
you know, everything we do is coming from a, a very loving approach. We had a woman come to one of our trainings who had been there, done that, bought the T-shirt in the church. Um, I call her a silver saint. She's, she's got the gray hair. She's been there in the church, and she just said, you know, I don't really know if anything's going to happen. I said, well, just give it a try. She goes out on a lunch activation during our outreach training and leads two people to Christ. Wow. Now she's one of our most loyal friends and supporters in our ministry. So God is doing this, and he wants it more than we do. But he's saying, show up. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's all you really need to do because this isn't about even though training is provided and pairing people up, sort of a two-by-two approach, much as we saw the apostles do, this is really about just the willingness to make oneself available, to show up, as you say. And in doing so, at the end of the day, isn't this really, Larry, about the Holy Spirit? Yes, I know. We can't save anybody. I can't save anybody. I've given up a long time ago on that, you know, and and uh, just just being out there, okay, God, use me, you know, and some days it may seem like uh, not a lot's happening. Other days, you know, God will give me all kinds of people to talk to that are receptive and open, and I can see God's really working, you know, but if we get out there, God will use us, and and um, uh, I wanted to mention the two, the, the last Saturday, for those of you can't make it any other time on the 28th, we're going to have a a big outreach that we're closing this whole thing on Saturday, July 28th from 12 to 4. It's going to be right at, at Civic Center BART Station there, UN Plaza, from 12 to 4. And uh, and that's going to be a, a thing. We're going to have a big barbecue. We're going to have a concert, all kinds of music groups, uh, children's things, face painting, uh, clowns, uh, different kinds of things. I don't know all the stuff that's happening, but a lot of stuff's happening. And so it's going to be sort of a, a family thing. We're going to invite the, the families that live all around that area to come in and minister. They're going to have raffles and things like raffles that. Raffles with prizes. Nice prizes, Even nice prizes, I think. So you can get $100 coupons. or I don't know what. Yeah, but, we really want to bless yeah, the community okay. and show them a true holistic witness of Jesus' love with the preaching of the gospel, but also by the way we live our lives together as Christians. That's why the unity part is so important. That's where you come in. And that goes to the heart of lifestyle evangelism as well. You know, it's one thing to say, well, I can read from the Bible, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world and tell people that Jesus loves them. But if I can't demonstrate that, and if I can't demonstrate it in myself, if we're the only person, what's the old saying? Uh, A lot of people um, have never come to Christ either because they've never met a Christian or because they have met a Christian. (laughs) And so the notion of being able to engage in that sense of lifestyle evangelism uh, is important. I think that also goes to another um, detail, Larry, that I think we should underscore, and that is for some people that say, "Mm, I still don't know, like the silver saint that you mentioned, Adam, who might say, you know, I, I've been in the church, I've, I've walked with Christ for many, many years, but I'm just I'm a little unsure about this. I'm intimidated witnessing on the street in San Francisco. Is it okay for a person to come and say, I don't know that I'm really ready for that, but I'm willing to come and show moral support. I'm willing to come and pass out broadsides or Bible tracts, or I'm willing to come and just be there to pray? Oh, yeah, sure. And we do. We love to have people come and just pray, be part of it, see what's going on, observe. And a lot of times uh, people that that have the idea, I'm just going to come and observe before long, they're actually participating. They get drawn in. And sometimes, you know, know, it's like you could be standing there and just uh, somebody will walk up to you (coughs) and talk to you and ask you something, you know, ask you a question or something. 
and uh, you, before long you find yourself talking to somebody about Christ. Again, I'll mention the dates here. If you're tuning in a bit late, Larry Rosenbaum with SOS San Francisco is back with us, SOS Ministries. The annual outreach to the city taking place Wednesday, July the 25th through Saturday, July the 28th. There'll be events taking place on Market Street, uh, Hayton Masonic right there in the Haight-Ashbury district, Fisherman's Wharf, and then culminating with that, um, it's really a half-day event, music and food and all kinds of stuff for the kids. That'll be at UN Plaza. That is from noon until 5 p.m., located at 7th and Market Street in the city. And again, details available on the web. Simply go to SOS Min. Think of the abbreviation of ministries, SOSMIN, M-I-M, SOSMIN.com. You can get complete details not only about the specific outreach Wednesday through um, Saturday, again, July 25 through 28, but then much of the preparatory aspects of this, that's kind of under Adam Hood's leadership with Love San Francisco in bringing together believers to pray and to worship, certainly doing some outreach and street witnessing and evangelism. Uh, but it sounds like part of the groundwork that's being laid here is just bringing the body of Christ together to go before the Lord, to pray for this event, pray for the people that will be exposed to the gospel, and and enter into that spirit of it's not about our church and our denomination. It's about building not our kingdom, but building his kingdom. That's right. And from the place of in his presence, we're going to take it to the streets and preach the simple gospel that Jesus died to make a way for you and me and that he rose from the dead. And just that simple message is why we're all believers right now. I've long believed that the city of San Francisco, while it has a rough reputation for being a little bit on the crazy side, Larry, you and I were talking about some of SF politics earlier today, um, and certainly being a city that uh, nationally has some of the lowest per capita church attendance in the entire nation, 4% of people in San Francisco ever go to church. So this includes the folks that show up for Easter and Christmas, right? 4% of the Bay Area population ever goes to church. So that means 94% or 96%, that's your mission field. That also means when you see that degree of challenge, it also represents that degree of opportunity. And in the areas where we feel it is beyond our ability... It is beyond the reach of mankind within our own strength to be able to accomplish anything. That's the place where Christ can be glorified and where, through the power of his Holy Spirit, amazing things can happen. You don't believe me? Let me remind you, 12 guys turn the entire planet upside down. We're still talking about this today because of the effort of 12 guys, some of whom didn't even like each other many of whom were not equipped at all, and yet they were capable of doing this because they simply put their trust in the Lord, they allowed the Holy Spirit to empower them, and they stayed faithful to the great commission and the greatest commandment, and in doing so, have literally been able to turn the world on its head. So now the effort is to do the very same thing in San Francisco and see San Francisco as a vehicle. It's our Judea, but 
San Francisco, because of the world nature of the city, can become Samaria and literally be an outreach to the uttermost parts of the earth. We pause. We'll come back with some more comments and conversation. Larry Rosenbaum, Director of SOS Ministries, the annual 39th, I might mention, the annual SOS San Francisco Outreach taking place here Wednesday, July the 25th through Saturday, July the 28th, helping to set the foundation for all of that will be the outreach under Love San Francisco that will begin again on the um, 20, 21st. Thank you. I had it right here in front of me, and I covered my page up on the 21st of July, and again, culminating with this united effort in cooperation with not just the two ministry organizations, but more than 30-something churches coming together to reach San Francisco for Christ. Details again on the web, sosmen.com. Think of men as the abbreviation for ministry, sosmen.com. Or you can call area code 510-282-5629. That's 510-282-5629. Brief time out. Back to more of our conversation. Right now, though, let's get caught up on traffic. We're 10 away from the hour of 6 p.m. Let's see what's going on out there. Bridges, highways, roads, all that good stuff. Michael Bennett's got the insight. He's got the 411. So, Michael, what's going on? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, we are back. And again, I'll mention that uh, this concerted effort in reaching San Francisco annually, as there are literally tens of thousands of tourists that come here and folks that uh, not only call the Bay Area and specifically San Francisco home, but also their playground over their uh, vacation holidays, this is an annual chance to really get together as a concerted effort as believers from throughout the Bay Area. And Larry, I know historically you've had folks literally coming from across the country to come and to evangelize and to pray and to be a part of this effort. Oh, yes. Yes, we have. And uh, But uh, at least recently, most of them are in the area here that are coming. Most of the people are from this uh, San Francisco and, and let me mention, yeah. if you're eavesdropping yeah. and you're saying, you know, I'm in San Jose or I'm in Danville or I'm up in Marin County, uh, how does this apply to me? Well, if you want to learn how to evangelize, boy, get your youth group together and fill up the bus or the van and come on over. There'll be training provided, as we mentioned. And it's a real opportunity for folks to come be a part of this concerted effort and then take the skills that they have learned back into their own communities. And I know you would love nothing more than to see these little efforts replicated and say, okay, somebody now is copying what SOS Ministries is doing, and they're going to do a miniature SOS San Jose or an SOS Pacifica, whatever the case yeah, might so be. Yes, and we have seen groups that have done that. Uh, we have... For years, there's been an SOS Hollywood, and there's been uh, other outreaches that were patterned after what was done here in San Francisco. Let me mention again the dates. Um, initially, this is going to be sort of the groundwork taking place. I mean, you know, any great movement of God has got to begin with prayer and, and worship. Amen. So uh, July the 21st, that will begin. There's going to be this Saturday a training session that is open to the public, Saturday at 11 a.m. at Dolores Park Church in San Francisco, and then the kickoff, the launch, Saturday evening at 6 o'clock. If you can't make one, come to the launch. See what's going on, and uh, 
have every reason to believe, Adam Hood, that that sense of excitement, uh, what do they say, they'll, they'll, they'll get bit, the, the bug will bite, and they'll want to be more involved in what's going to go on over the course of uh, the following week, culminating again, as we say, of the event on Saturday, July the 28th. That's right. It's much like the upper room in the Book of Acts. I mean, we love to read the Book of Acts. But we want to see the Book of Acts continue. We want to see biblical Christianity. That's all we're advocating for here. We come together in one place in one accord. God pours out his spirit, and you feel the presence of God, and it moves you forward into his grace for the gospel and for the harvest. And, and there's lots of fruit in that place. So Let me mention something, too, that, you know, Larry, we have our annual visits. I almost know that it's summertime because Larry Rosenbaum <laughs> shows up and, and uh, comes to talk about SOS Ministries. But you have outreaches that go on monthly. Your organization is up and running and engaged and doing things across the Bay Area, not just in San Francisco and Oakland and Berkeley throughout the year. Yes, we go out uh, most weekends on Friday, uh, Friday night and Saturday afternoon. So Friday from 5 to 8 p.m., and then Saturday, usually from 12 to 4, we go to different places each week. But we normally are going out on the street. Again, if you look at our website, uh, you can get information about all our uh, outreaches. And, uh, Adam, your organization, um, Love San Francisco, um, is not only part of a bigger organization that are planted in strategic cities across the United States, but your organization is literally 24-7, as the name implies. Yes, we um, are that's our goal. We are doing these events unto a lifestyle. We want to see the church become like the book of Acts again, and we believe that that's God's intention, that we would be all for him at all times, literally living sacrifices to his all-consuming fire. And, and we want to see the church awakened to an Acts 2 type of expression in this time, in this day and age. So that's what we provide. And we provide monthly opportunities as well as weekly opportunities for volunteers to on-ramp easily with this ministry. If churches want to volunteer, they want to get on board. We've mentioned there's more than 30, and the list continues to grow. Uh, get more details about what's happening with Love Fest, uh, Love San Francisco. How can they reach you? So the website is lovesf247.com. That's L O V E. The number two, the number four, the number seven dot com. So lovesf two four seven dot com, and you can just hit sign up, and it'll sign you up, and it's absolutely free. And if you say, "Gee, I wrote down the other website address. Now I got to write down another one." No, you'll find a link through the SOS Ministry website that will take you to Adam's website. You can get more information. Again, I'll mention this is going to kick off. On July the 21st, there'll be a training session this Saturday morning at 11 a.m. And then the big push, uh, really the cooperative effort taking place over the course of Wednesday, July 25 through Saturday, July the 28th. Complete details available on the web at somin.com. That's somin.com. Or you can call area code 510-282-5629. That's 510-282-5629. 29. Larry Rosenbaum, I want to mention one last thing. Certainly there is a clarion call going out for believers to, to come and participate, uh, to be trained, to evangelize, to pray. If you can't physically come and be there, to be mindful of the dates, and you can get dates and times on the website and wherever you happen to be, to be praying for the teams that are out there. You've got musicians and evangelists and everybody. So to be praying for the teams 
and and being supporting supportive of what's going on in that regard. But the other thing I think it's fair to mention, and that is that uh, no effort of this size and nature takes place in a vacuum. And by that I mean you have to rent equipment, you have to obtain permits from the city. There are the publishing of tracks and broadsides. You mentioned millions have been published and distributed um, throughout the years yes. that SOS Ministry has been, has been doing this event. If folks want to stand with you financially, how can they partner? Okay. Well, we again, if you go to our website, sosmin.com, sosmin.com, uh, there's a slot there for donations. People can donate online, or they have an address you can mail if you want to mail checks. All right. So sure. with with this coming up, uh, you know, maybe you get a little refund check you want to help out uh, that's been sitting there, and you wonder what where where can you invest that in the kingdom? Uh, be mindful that, as I said before, none of this takes place in a in a vacuum. To be sure, the annual outreach to San Francisco details again available on the web sosmin.com. That's s o s m i n for ministries, sosmin.com, or you can call 510-282-5629. I'd like to again thank Adam Hood with Love San Francisco for being with us, and Larry Rosenbaum, we set our watches by you. (laughs) Appreciate seeing you again, brother, and uh, we'll be praying for you with uh, this special outreach taking place. Thank you for having us. You bet. Six o'clock from KFAX San Francisco. We're going to get a look at some headline news, but Foist... Foist, it's a look at traffic. Michael Bennett, what's going on out there? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.